podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey everybody, happy Thursday. We're going to talk part two today. I hope you found part one intriguing. I, you know, talking to Jason and Keith was, was so much fun for me and um, I hope to get up and visit them at some point. Um, but before we jump into part two here, I'd like to give a shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish. I call it the COVID machine. Go buy one, mention Coach Unplugged, tweet it, tell me about it, uh, get $350 off your next purchase. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. I can tell you, for, after the first year, prices are going up again. Um, I'm having to hire help. Um, we've gotten big enough, and I want to be able to give that individual attention. I want to be able to respond to emails when people have them, and I can put some of the stuff on the site side that, that I don't have to deal with. So come over and check us out at teachhoops.com um, for coaches who want to get better. We all want to work on our craft, and um, I have time to help you, <laughs> at least until the middle of January. So go over and check it out. Let's head off to the podcast. Shot clock? No, no, no shot clock. Okay. Do you And you play quarters? Yes. Quarters. Okay. Yeah, we play halves, which was a unique change, um, which I wasn't 100%. I don't love change, but it's actually made me play more kids um, oh, okay. because it's two 18-minute uh, halves. So I basically got four extra minutes. My best player can't go 36 minutes hard. Like I got, it's like almost like a college game. You know, you got to rest them a little bit. Um, so here's something, here's my movement that this is what I want changed in the game of basketball. I'm going to see what, I'm going to see what Jason thinks. I think the jump ball should be, we should get rid of the jump ball to start the basketball game. Okay. So it's a, and here's my reasoning why. Most of you aren't very good at tossing it because you don't do it very much. <laughs> no, I'm just saying it's like you're not practicing. Like when I played, you threw Absolutely. it. So why don't we just give the visiting team the ball? Mm. Everywhere and everywhere. The visiting team gets the ball to start the game and alternating possession after that. Done. We're over. That, like, that, see, that is a, that's a, a very unique perspective. Um, I do agree that some people are much better to toss than others. Um, it's one of those things where if you're, if you're lucky, you might do it twice a game, but right. really it's going to be, it's going to be once. Right. Um, and so you there, do it, so you do it 30, 40 times a season. That's it. And that's, if you're the one throwing it. Yes. Um, and there are the rare occasions where you might have to throw it multiple times and to start the game, just right. with whatever happens. Um, but it, that is a unique perspective. Um, I would say maybe going to a coin flip like they do for football or for soccer oh that'd be interesting i just i i understand where the i understand where the toss came from because that's where the game originated but the Mm -hmm. game has changed there used to not be a three-point line too like i just it's not i just i've seen so many over and i think it's getting worse like the toss is getting worse over time because well it's a it's a it's a skill you don't practice you when you watch and as as officials we watch film too right so i'm i'm gonna I'm going to say that right now that coaches watch film, players watch film, officials watch, not all officials, but if an official really wants to get better, you're going to watch film and you're going to break it down. Um, You're going to look for positioning, whistle tempo, um, all the things that are going to help you improve. But one of the things we don't look at is we don't look at our, we don't watch our toss. Right. Um, 
and we don't we don't practice because really where where else are you, where are you going to practice that you can you can read your rule book while you're um, you know you're laying in bed or maybe your buddy's driving in the car you're re and you're reading through your rule book you're studying up on some things you're on a, a, a two hour air f uh, flight to Juno or right. whatever or you're going to circle Kodiak for an hour right. so you, you get a chance to read your rule book um, so it is it is a skill that is not widely practiced but I think that as as officials, we, we need to be masters of our craft. And one of the things about our craft is we have to be able to toss the ball well. Right. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's one of those things. I, you know, I personally think there should be one governing body to decide how to play the game of basketball too. It's like, there's like 18 different ways of doing it. It's like, let's just come up with one way and let's just, you know, but anyway, that's just mine. That's, but I'm more, I really want the jump ball thing change. Cause I just, yeah. Now, Steve, do you have a shot clock in, in we Wisconsin? We do not. Um, it, got, it, it got to the point where it almost passed, and then the athletic directors got a hold of it. And I, I maybe had a little to do with it on Twitter and said, uh. um, <laughs> here's my issue with the shot clock. And I'm not pro – I mean, I've, I've talked to our state associate. I've talked – anyway, um, I don't really care because we'll adjust. Here's my issue with the shot clock is a couple things. First of all, it's actually a relatively thing, hard thing to run because I've tried to do it. It's not an easy thing to do. I think we could probably train somebody. It's not an easy thing to do. It's not, it's not and, and this isn't a reason not to do it. Costs and that, it's not a reason to do it. What I think makes high school basketball unique and, and different than the college and the, and the pro game is you can decide the style of game you want to play. And I can decide the style of game I want to play. And we can have a chess match with that. Um, if you watch college and NBA, they're all kind of the same pace and they're all kind of the same game. Um, if you want to go 180 miles an hour and I want to have 16 possessions, I can do whatever I think I need to do to allow my team to win. That's my only reason I'm a, kind of against it. I know it's probably coming at some point, um, but if you have a 25 or 30 second shot clock, I'm going to two, two, one press you and I'm going to take eight seconds off. And then right. I'm probably going to sit in a zone and then match up at the end and just try to, I, I think it's going to get very vanilla. And that's what I, why I haven't left high school basketball. It's, I love it. I just think you can go to a high school game anywhere in Wisconsin. And you're going to see 85 different styles of basketball. Right. Um, and that's my worry with the shot clock. Um, I think now it's in the summer when your kids play AAU or, or travel ball, it's mixed or is it's it mixed? It's not as much as there's not as much shot clock down here as there is. It depends on the it depends on the tournaments. Obviously, the higher up you go, the the more they are. Um, I think the argument that it's getting ready for college is a silly argument because most of them aren't going to play in college anyway. Um, I worry about the I worry about the teams that aren't very skilled too. <laughs> And then you get down to seven seconds in the shot clock. What it doesn't tend to be really good basketball at that point. Um, but I don't know. I think it's coming. I realize it's coming. Um, I'm probably sounding like the old man, get off, yelling, get off my porch kind of thing. Um, but I, I, I realize it. Um, but I mean, if you have a hard time finding officials, you're gonna you're gonna have to pay someone else to sit at the thing. And I, public education is not overly funded, and at my at this point, in my opinion. Um, all right. Uh, let's see what else I got on my list here. Um, oh, here, I got one for both of you. So you can both take this. This is a great, this is one of my favorite questions. All right. So I want you to take a coaching and or an official, 
I want you to take it a success or a failure that you think someone could learn from. Because I think you learn from successes. I think you learn just as much from failures in life, to be honest with you. Um, but is there something that in a coaching time or an fishing, official time that someone that's listening could take away a golden nugget from? It's going to be a success or a failure. Go ahead. Uh, for me, for me, it, it was, I, the quote goes, I think you can't send a duck to Eagle school. Right. <laughs> I think the quote is you can't make chicken soup out of chicken beef. Yeah, I think that's actual. But we'll, we'll use yours because I don't want to get E rating, but yes. Oh, so I think I put student athletes in positions on the court that they just physically and mentally couldn't do. And, and, and in turn, we lost the game. And then that was a lesson for me that, that made, yeah, that I, I that there were people that I wouldn't say unprepared, but they just didn't have the skill level or the the basketball IQ to be in that situation. Right. I've, and I've done that coaching wise. Like I haven't had them ready for a situation that occurred. Now it hasn't happened recently, but that I didn't have the right thing in the right people in the right spot. It was my fault. hundred percent my fault, um, yes. I, but I learned, but I never did it again. Right. I one scorebook. It, I only made one scorebook problem. In 32 years, it was like I was a freshman or sophomore coach. My second year, I put the wrong number. I've only made that mistake once. <laughs> once. I never – I told myself had that happened, and the other team shooting a technical to start the game, I said, I will never do that again. I will never make that mistake again. It's uh, funny. I was a, uh, a C team, which is freshman, right, at, at South right. High, which is probably the richest high school in, in, in Alaska, period, right, whether private or whatever. And uh, had a sister on the team, and she might have been eight years old. And to keep her around, she used to put the – I used to let her put the numbers in the book, right? So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, ref comes and is like, hey, such-and-such uh, such wasn't in the book. And I look at her, and she looks at me, and she says, what? I was hungry, <laughs> right? I had to go get my popcorn. For yeah, me. she was like, what do you want from me? I was hungry. And I'm like, well, okay, you're eight. You're right. So it was – so, yeah, we just took that. Just took that. <laughs> I could see you looking at an eight-year-old. Like, okay, you look over there and go, what was I thinking? Like, right, exactly. What, what was I thinking? See, I was led into a false sense of comfort <laughs> with her doing it so long and doing it right that right. I never, ever checked an eight-year-old, right? Until she got hungry and was like, you know what? That might, that's a top ten story there. I love that one. I've asked that question probably a hundred times. I love that answer. So that, that was mine. Okay. You, you know, and just to kind of pigtail that for as far as officiating goes, um, you'd be surprised at how many coaches get upset at the person keeping the book about there being a wrong number. You know, for 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 whatever reason, the coach there's no way that a coach could have put a wrong number in, but it's usually not the head coach. It's an assistant or a third assistant or a, a manager. Um, and and I've I've I wouldn't say near come to blows, but there's been some heated arguments about numbers not getting put in correctly until the scorekeeper. And in Alaska, many of the many of the referee associations also hire the the table officials as well. Okay. So they're part of the same association. Um, until the scorekeeper, who will always keep the roster, will say, "This is what you gave me." Oh, I'm I'm sorry. That's that's my fault. And, 
Um, I, uh, I, I'm telling you, it is like, it is like cold. It is close to my, that, that I checked that book. No lie. 20 times every game. Like I'm sitting on the bench. I'm checking it. You know, I'm checking it with a previous game, you know, and then when tournament comes, if I move kids up, I literally walk in the locker room and go, okay, let me see your Jersey. Like, and I make them pull up their thing. Cause okay. it's like, it's my responsibility. It's me. It's I'm, if it's wrong, when I turn it in, it's, it's going to fall on me. Like the puck stops here. Um, yeah. I don't... As, as far as success and failures, like you said, I think we learn more from our failures about what not to do. And I would say as an official, when, when you don't know a rule and you adjudicate it incorrectly, and I'm thinking more, not like the difference between what is a travel and what isn't a travel, but I'm thinking big layered plays. You've got right. a double foul and then all of a sudden the coach gets really angry and irate and he gets assessed a technical and then, you know, one of the fans jumps off the, the, the bench or whatever, and you have these, these huge layered plays and, and how to sort everything out and adjudicate that. I think the first time that you do it incorrectly and then you go back in the locker room and you look at the rule book and say, yeah, I messed that one up, you will never adjudicate that That's play. That's in the order that it occurs, that. isn't it? Is it in the order that it occurs? Yes. In, okay. high, in high school, that's one of the, the things that's really nice. We call it, the as a math term, order of operations. Right, it is the order of operations. So there's, there is a very, very specific order that we do things in. Um, I also officiate uh, NCAA, and there are some similarities to high school, and there are also some very, very big differences as well. And sometimes in those layered plays, it, it isn't how, in the order that they, they come. As if you've watched, uh, for example, men's basketball, you know, there you may shoot a technical foul and then go shoot your your bonus one one or two shot bonus or whatever. Um, so so I've and I've learned the hard way. I've learned that you know what I thought I knew that rule. Get in the locker room. No, that wasn't it, and and I'm not going to mess that one up again. Right. Do you uh, do you use uh, please excuse my dear Aunt Sally or do you use the grouping one? Use... I use the grouping one. So greatly excuse my dear Aunt Sally. Okay. Okay, and I, I, I still because he's been in my class. We're, we're math, we're we're math nerding out. Sorry, people. Uh, no, no, no. You know, it's it's so when I'm in his class, I do math, and, and he gets on me all the time about that. He gets on me all the time about this, and he could go ahead. You know what? You explain what I do and why you get so mad. He use he does shortcuts and doesn't show his work. He he undoes what I've been trying to teach the kids for so Don't long. Ever, oh my god. I'd be like, I'd be like this. I'd be like, get out of here. What are you doing? You have to. Oh, he, work. It is my biggest worry, right? It's my biggest worry about going full online. We're going full online for first quarter. I don't know how I'm going to check all their work and make sure they're doing all the steps. I just, I, that's my, like, I wake up yeah. in cold sweats. Like, how am I going to do that virtually <laughs> um, with 150 kids? I just don't know how I'm going to do it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just do, I do PEMS does because that's what I learned. I, whatever i t teach him the grouping one but um yeah order of operations i love i i haven't taught algebra gosh in 20 plus years but um i do i do love my uh, please excuse my dear aunt sally if you don't know the order of operations people look it up all the basketball coaches are listening um all right so if you could talk to one coach or one person or one of it who would you guys talk to so recently I've had, uh, with my daughter at K-State, I shot, in fact, me and Jason together created an email and I said, hey, dear Coach Weber, uh, my daughter, blah, 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 is it possible I can come send 
spend a little time when I'm in the Manhattan area. And literally five minutes later, bing, here you go. You're welcome. Come on. We know a mayor. Come on down. Oh, that's awesome. So that huh? That's awesome. Oh, it's, 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 that was, I've done it twice and, it, and both times were incredible. I mean, I couldn't, I can't coach my girls the way that he coaches his men's no, team. No, 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 no. So what I tell people when they do that, I said, what you have to do is you, you're sampling. You're like going to a smorgasbord and you're going, I like the peas. I'm going to eat the peas. You can't do what coach K does. If you oh. have a six eleven kid that has a 37 inch vertical, then you go ahead and do what coach K does. But otherwise you ain't doing that. Like, that's what, but that's like teaching. Like I, I, I consider teaching like painting or being an artist, how you would teach order of operations and how I would teach order of operations probably be different. We both might tell dad jokes cause I tell lots of dad jokes, but uh, I keep, I used to do stand up, So I always try to make them laugh. Um, but, uh, but, but they both might be really effective. You know, you know, it's just, everyone does it a little bit different, but that's why I tell the young coaches that listen to the podcast, Go out. I mean, I was under seven head coaches before I got my job, and I took – I'm literally a piece of all seven of them. Like, I took right. a little bit of each of them to make me. Like, I like this. I like this. I like this. It fits my personality. Um, so, I think that's great. I think that's a great idea. What about you, Jason? Who would you meet? Uh, well, coach-wise, it would be Dean Smith. I'm a, a big Carolina fan. and too. Uh, You know, it's just one of those things I think he's – he really – and not not the only coach ever, but you know, for what he stands stands for as far as the the scholastic part, you're a student athlete first, your student first, athlete second, um, and just getting the players to play within a system. Uh, you know, I don't know if you watched the ten part series with Michael Jordan, The Last Dance, and one of the things that Michael Jordan says is the only person really to hold me under twenty points is Dean Smith. And to work within a system. And so I think that's, that's pretty unique to take one of the best basketball players in the history of basketball and to say, hey, you know what, you can, you can be great in other places and do other things, but I need you to work within the system. Right. And uh, yeah. I've, I've had the opportunity to listen to a lot of good officials, um, not only on uh, video calls, but also in person. Um, I've listened to Ed Rush, a longtime NBA official, uh, Penny Davis is now the national women's coordinator. So I've heard, heard her speak numerous, numerous times. And much like with coaches, I think, you know, you mentioned that, that you take a little piece of other coaches and, and you've developed your style. And I, and I think as a, as an official myself, and I think every good official takes something from other officials. They see, you know, Hey, you know what? I really like that the way that you toss the ball at the start of the game, but I really like the way that you do your block charge. And I really like the way that you're, you're able to, have this conversation with the coaches and you, you just, you pick up different things from different officials and then you, you create your own style. And um, I, I would say between those two officials, I've, I've heard hours upon hours of, of speeches and pointers and just a, a multitude of officials. And it's really nice because each one of them brings their own uniqueness to the game. Um, some of them, it's all about the mechanics. It's all, some of them, it's all about, the rules. Some of them, it's it's about the the dialogue. Some of them, it's about the preparation for the season or preparation after the season. So uh, you you take a little bit of something from every official you talk to at any level. Right. I, uh, I well, and everybody's they're all they're they're not robots. You guys aren't robots. Like 
like everybody has everybody hope you're enjoying that i'm enjoying the podcast Um, make sure you subscribe and like we we appreciate those those five-star reviews mean a lot to us go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better Um, i'm going to challenge you right now i do this once in a while i'm going to challenge you to become a better basketball coach um you know grit i was just doing something about grit grit is passion and perseverance and if you have those you have to get better let teachhoops.com help you do that go over and check it out 14-day free trial and let's hit back to the podcast. You know, that player for, for that thing, but he's got a style and he, there's a reason why he's at the level he is and that he can get away with what he, what he does. And, you know, and I'm not saying in a bad or good way, I'm just saying that that's who he is and that's his officiating style. And um, I mean, you, you don't officiate as many finals as he's done and not be good official. No, you don't get those games. Um, all right, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do rapid fire. And so I ask a question, and then we'll go Keith first and then Jason second, um, just so we can do it in order. Um, so it's just one question, and then so Jason gets the break because he gets to think about it when, when we can alternate. It doesn't really matter. Um, all right, so your favorite brand of basketball, I call these rapid fires. What's your fr- the ball you actually play with in the game? What's your favorite brand? My favorite brand is The Rock. Okay. Why? Uh, just the, the feel of it and the durability and the quality of the, of the basketball itself. The, I'm going to tell you, The Rock doesn't get many votes, so you're in a unique category. Oh, okay. I'm just, I, I really genuinely, I really, really like The Rock. Okay, okay. I, I like officiating with The Rock. I like playing with a Wilson Jet. Wilson Jet. Evolution That's tends old to be. school. That's old school. Uh, that is old school. What, that is, what, 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 is, uh, what is the state association's ball? The Rock. The Rock? Okay. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, so this one's just for Keith. What's your, what's your uh, one word to describe your ideal player? One word. Motivated. Motivated. Okay. For both of you, I'm going to start with Jason on this. When you go to one sporting event in the world, what would it be and why? The Masters, and it's, it's the best event ever. Have you been? I mean, you can get a pimento sandwich for $2. Really? You know, if, you've, if you've never seen the menu, nothing is more than about 2 or $3. You're not going to pay – like if you go to a football game or to a baseball game, you're not going to have to pay $19 for a hot dog. You're going to have to pay $1,900 to get a ticket and figure out where you're going to stay. It's in the middle of nowhere. I've been, I've been close by. I've, I spoke at a clinic in, outside of Atlanta, and it was, like, close to there. But I got a couple of good places you can stay. All right. Yep. What about you, Keith? So, for me, going to Howard University in D.C., I'm going to pick – you ready for this? I'm going to pick the 1980s from, like, 81 to 85, Big East – tournament conference championship at Madison Square Garden. Any of those schools, whether it be Ville, whether it be Georgetown, Syracuse, St. John's, just a, just a plethora of highly skilled players and phenomenal coaches. Everybody should go to Madison Square Garden. It's like, you got to just go. Like, it's like you take the subway in and it's like, I know it's, <laughs> um, all right. Steve, that was going to be one of my, my favorite coaches is George Thompson. Or, I'm sorry, John Thompson. And okay. just because of the fact that the way that the, those Hoyas played uh, with that, that kind of edge offensively pushing the ball up 
and defensively in your face. I just always – I remember Ewing blocking all – having all those goaltends to start. Remember that? I don't remember. That, he told him to do that. I know he did. I think it was against Michael. I think that was – was that the Michael year? That I ask, you could have to ask McCourt. Yeah. Was that the Jordan he, year that he, he lost in the finals? He used to go out there and block everything. We just want to intimidate him. I don't remember I, what that was. I thought it was 85 when they played – Villanova? Villanova. It might have been 85. It was. It, was, it might have been 85. Because yeah, 80, 82, 82 was Jordan. Who who did North Carolina beat? The bad, the bad pass, Georgetown? Yes. Yeah, it was Georgetown. Okay. Freddie Brown threw the ball away or was it? And he thought he heard something. I do remember that. I watched that black. I watched this is how old I am. I watched the 82. I watched that in the black and white TV in the basement with my brother playing wiffle ball. I swear to God, in our ba- unfinished basement, wiffle ball, black and white TV. I don't think you buy a black and white TV anymore. I don't. Do they, <laughs> I don't even know if you could find one in a in a thrift store. Or I know. A I know. Market or something. The, the, the kids laugh at me when I tell them that. All right, uh, we'll start with you on this one. Well, favorite pregame meal for me? Mm-hmm. Oh, chicken. Something chicken. <laughs> okay. Doesn't matter what it is. Fried fried chicken, chicken strips. Um, as a player and a coach, uh, I, it was always something chicken related the night before, um, as an official, it's a little, little more sketchier. Cause I, I know that I'm going to be doing a lot more running, uh, <laughs> and I'm older and I got to be a little more conscious about what I eat, but no, I think mean, chicken's always my go-to chicken. Okay. So I, I'm getting a little older too. So I would say. And I'm going to more and more plant-based protein, if you can oh. believe it. Oh, come on, come on, Steve. Come over. Come over, Steve. No, I, well, trust me. I eat sushi. I, I love I, – I mean, I got to have a good steak once in a while. I just can't go total. I, I'm very plant – I mean, I eat a lot of fish. I don't eat a lot of red meat. I don't eat a lot of meat, to be honest with you. Um, but, yeah, there's nothing like a good burger once in a while. Um, yeah, but I eat a lot of sushi. A lot of sushi. I love sushi. Oh. All right, so my, my go-to, though, is, is still chicken like Jason, and it, and it will probably have to be like wings. I don't eat. I'm sorry? I don't eat. My, my pregame meal is not eating. Like, I get oh. too nervous. I still get too nervous. I can't eat. No, I, I eat afterwards, but I can't eat before. Um, what's one thing you guys do to relax? So part of our community service this summer was to build garden plots in downtown Palmer. And we built like 22 and they're probably nine feet long by four feet, five feet wide, two cinder blocks high. And we put the dirt in and everything. So we built 22 of them. So as I was leaving, the young lady that, that, that runs Grow Palmer said, hey, do you want a plot? And I, was, I said, look, I'm from L.A., <laughs> South Central. <laughs> I know nothing about farming. Like, right. I to do with a plot and then it just dawned on me team building and I said you know what give it to us and my mindset was like I'm going to grow collard greens and yams I'm going to have this big soul food dinner right so we've we got broccoli cauliflower and I don't know if you know the summers in Palmer the our state fair plants and how big they get due to the sunlight well first oh. of all we didn't even talk about the sunlight how do you guys do that like, Go ahead, Jason. Go ahead. I mean, it's, it, it's easy. 
you you just know that you're going to take advantage of every second of, of daylight in the summertime because in the wintertime, you're not going to get any of it. Okay, because here's the sole reason I will move out of Wisconsin. This is the sole reason I will leave when I retire is if it was – I can handle 20 degrees. I can handle 30 below. I can handle no school because of frostbite and you throw it. I can handle that if the sun's out. But the sun doesn't come out. It's like it's like dreary. It's like living in London. It's like horrible. You see the sun like once every three days. I don't know how you do that. That would just depress me. Like you, you definitely have to get used to it. You know, having relatives up or friends who come up. You know, in the summertime, one of the things they say, how, how do you sleep without pulling the blinds down? And oftentimes, you'll you will buy what they call blackout shades, right? Guest rooms and stuff because. They just can't sleep with the, with the daylight. I think people who are residents of Alaska and longtime Alaskans, you just get you get used to it. Um, but I I've been to Barrow, the northernmost town in Alaska, and I was there in November, and I don't recall seeing the sun in the three days that we were there. But when this in the summertime, the sun won't the sun won't go below the horizon for 90, 80 some ninety some days. I mean, it's daylight 24 I know. hours. I mean, I'm telling you, that's why I want to come up to Alaska in the summer because it was like, that'd be good. I go fishing. I could like, your golf game has got to help your golf game. Sure, you could golf at 2 a.m. Done it. Have <laughs> you really? Yeah. The, the min, Usually the uh, midnight sun tournaments don't tee off until 9 or 10 o'clock at night. Look at Steve. Look at him. I just, that's, I mean, I, we're excited because it's light to like 8 30 or 9 here. Like, I'm going to take my daughter driving, practice her because she's getting her permit. And then I'm going to walk the dogs and it's going to be like 8 or 9. It's going to be sunny. It's like, it's not even close to going down. And that's crazy. I know. We almost, we almost came up. I never told Keith this. We almost came up and played in the Alaska. Great Alaska shootout? Yeah. There's a high school one. Oh. The prep prep tournament or prep tournament. So it would have probably been the Alaska prep shootout. Yes. Or the Alaska airlines tournament at West high. I think it was Alaska airline. They offered us like 10 tickets. It didn't work out the year we needed to come, but, um, and, and people were looking at me like, why are you going up there? We usually go to Florida and they go, why are you going that way? I go, cause it would kind of be fun to not see the sun for like three days. Like, I don't know. It'd be like, you know, <laughs> It's not as it's not as bad as people make it out to be. Like I said, if you know when you're in in the the northern part of Alaska, it's a lot worse. But right. where we are, it's it's pretty average. Okay, it's not too bad. Yeah, no, it, it's tolerable. Let's just okay. say that. It, okay. See, that's relative to someone that grew to Alaska, not someone from Los Angeles. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, Los Angeles, you see the sun all the time. Right. So. For me, it, it was, I mean, the darkness, it gets to you mentally. Do you have a lamp? Do you have a lamp? Do you I, have did, a- I didn't do a lamp. But back then, I was in the military, as you know, my, my sergeant would have told me to tough it out, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. okay. Yeah, we, we, we ran PT until it got to be negative 30, and when you always ask me what code it was, it was always negative 29. It was, yeah. You know what I mean? No matter what it was, it was always negative 29. So <laughs> you got tired of that, too. So. Okay, who is the best basketball player of all time? I, I'm biased because as a Carolina guy, it's got to be Michael Jordan. Okay. 
I'm, I'm gonna go Jordan. Okay. Go. I, I you could I mean Jordan's winning most of it, but there's been other votes. There's been other votes. Um, there's been some LeBron votes. There's been a couple Kobe votes. There's been um, some Bill Russell votes. Um, I don't know who else. I I think I think personally, this is me being biased. I think the best player in the world right now might be living in Wisconsin, playing from Milwaukee Bucks. He's not quite there yet, but he's close. That did go through my process. That yeah, Giannis, like if you're building a basketball player, you build Giannis. Like, I think, I think there's a list of about ten players that you could choose from, and if you don't pick one of those ten players, and you really don't know yeah. the game of basketball, yeah, right, yeah. then you might you might say, you know, pick player, whoever, right, and if they're not if they're not in that top, in that that list of ten, then you're probably just voting with your heart. Yeah, yeah. Muggsy Bucks. I'm thinking, I'm thinking the most athletic player. I'm I'm leaning toward Wilt because I'm a yeah. you know Mag- Magic got I, I did a podcast last about a week ago and somebody voted for Magic and it's like the thing is what you and Co- you and I are old enough that that uh that um the funny part is that Magic and Bird kind of changed the game and then Jordan took it up here took it up to a whole nother level a whole nother level like he, marketing one oh one like he went up here. But I grew up. I grew up a Laker fan, and if you were a Celtics fan, you oh, I couldn't talk to you. Like you so, really- Steve. That's funny because Joe <laughs> White is my favorite player, and I grew up a Boston fan living in L.A. Ooh, how did that work out for you? Oh, I, I couldn't wear the t-shirts. I couldn't wear the t-shirts. <laughs> I mean, Kevin McHale. I still have nightmares of Kevin McHale. Oh my God, he just irritated me to no end. Um, uh. One thing that helped you become a better official or helped you become a better coach? One thing, one thing. Mentorship. Getting, getting, with, a, getting with an older official, or uh, not necessarily older official, but a, a more experienced official, uh, and just being a sponge. Mentorship also for me. I, 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 you know, I have an opportunity to, to call a couple of coaches in my coaching circle, uh, from the UAA coach to a young lady that coaches in Spokane, Washington at a Division II school. And also, if I really – I could get one of the assistants or a, a associate head coaches at K-State if I have a, a real critical problem. So, Okay. Do you guys have a favorite quote? If you don't, that's okay. I, I'm putting you on the spot here. Again, being from L.A. and – Having an opportunity as a, a younger, as a, as a boy, probably between the ages of 8 to 10, being able to go to John Wooden's basketball camp at Cal Lutheran and not knowing the full extent of why I'm at camp or who John Wooden is and having that picture next to him and just, just now knowing, realizing the, the, the gratefulness I had to be next to a legend of such. And I'm telling you, I'm giving away my age. Cal Lutheran was the place where the Dallas Cowboys had training camp, and Tony Dorsett was a rookie that oh, year. Oh, God. So, uh, make every day your masterpiece is, is my quote, my favorite quote. Oh, I love that one. That's a great one. What about you, You should Jason? never be proud of doing the right thing. Just do it. Ooh, I like that. Dean Smith. Yeah. Somebody else said something this morning was pick up the trash. Oh. You know. My mom and dad. <laughs> yeah. 
leave it better than you found it kind of thing is like my mom and dad. Um, is there one book you two would recommend? Obviously, I like reading. You can see my bookshelves behind me. When I didn't used to fall asleep, and now I fall asleep when I read, so I listen to them. But one book. My number one is Leads, for God's sake. Ooh, that's a good book. That yeah, no one's. I, I, I can read that book over and over and over again. I'm sure it's in there. It is somewhere. I know it is. I haven't read it recently, but it is. It's on there. I think it's on the top upper shelf. It is. It is. Someone told me to get it. Or I might have got it from from one of your blogs, and and I read it, and it was it was, and I read it again and highlighted it. I've actually given away four or five copies that to to, to coaches that, or I've heard from different types of parents that these coaches need it, you know, and then boom, I gave them the book. But yeah, I love that. I think there there are two for me. Um, as a former coach player, uh, playing for night the the Steve Alford story. We talk about his six seasons, the Fort uh, Indiana. He played on the '84 Olympics, and then they also did a, a trip to to. Uh, somewhere in, in Asia. Um, so playing essentially six full seasons for Bobby Knight and uh, just very, very cut and dry. Um, as an official, Verbal Judo by George Thompson. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's, it, it's just, it helps you dialogue. I think it helps you in a lot of situations. Um, it's helped me as, as, a, as a teacher, talking with parents, talking with students, talking with coworkers, administrators. It's just a really good book to help 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 you learn how to dialogue correctly it's yeah that's it's an art there's an art to that all right so i always end with this question what would you tell your younger self time machine Mm -hmm. back to the future that ages me what would you tell your younger self i for for me keep fighting just keep keep doing what you're doing um, it, it doesn't matter whether you, you, you win or lose, you, you fail successes, but you, you got but you got to keep pushing on. You, if you, if you hit that roadblock and you stop, you hit that wall and you stop, you're, you're, you're not going anywhere. And for me, it would be like, uh, appreciate the small details in life. Just appreciate and be grateful more and more each day. Uh, because I, I, I have not done that enough, I think, in, in my lifetime. But, but Steve, living in Alaska, uh, just looking out. I mean, I can wake up in the morning and look at mountains that are, are totally incredible. I mean, you, you're, you're, I mean, literally, you're in God's country. Now, it, yeah. Have you been to Banff? Have either one of you been to Banff or Glacier? In Canada? Yeah. I have not. But I want to. You've got a great golf course there. <laughs> What about, what about Glacier? Glacier is one of my favorite national parks. Um, but anyway, it reminds me, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking Glacier and Canada are going to be similar. Um, but we'll see. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to convince my son to go do a whole bunch of national parks now that he's taking a year off. Just kind of go see the Grand Canyon and just go see the world a little bit. But we'll see if it works out. Um, what time is it there right now? It's, it's 520 here. What time is it there? 220. It's your three hours. So your mountain time. No, Alaska time. Your mountain time. Or central time. You're, yeah, we're central. What are you what 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 central time? You're what what are you considering? Alaska. Alaska. There's time. literally Alaska time. Mm-hmm. Yes. We're, we're our own time zone. I did not know that. Oh, see, we're, I learned something today. We're an hour behind Pacific time. Ah. And an hour ahead of Hawaii. So how do you watch sporting events? 
late at night. Early in the morning. <laughs> going, Jesus. DVR. I know, because the world's set up for Central and Eastern, really. Exactly. It is. <laughs> so college football kicks off at 8 a.m. for the, the noon the noon games, the right on the East Coast. The noon starts, kick off at 8 a.m. here. So that means, you know, for me to get up and watch Chris Fowler and to watch Kirk Herbstreet and, and college game day, I'm, I got to get up at five o'clock in the morning. Yes. And I do. That's crazy. But then you have the rest of your day. You can go golfing in the afternoon. So there's a plus. Absolutely. There's a plus. NFL, NFL game starts at nine instead of one, you know, just things of that nature. So we get 9 a.m. game. So you, as you're getting well, ready. Well, the, the NCAAs would be better. At least, at least the final game starts at like eight. I think it starts eight here, nine Eastern. So that, that would actually be right after dinner. That would be actually better yeah, for the NCAA. The championship game is perfect to go sit and, you know, you're going to have dinner while you're watching the game, five, you know, whatever, yeah. five, 515, 520 start. That works. All right. Well, thank you. I really appreciate this. Um, this was great. I haven't done one of these in a while, and this was so much fun. So I really appreciate you guys taking your time out of your day to do this. So No problem. Thank we you. We appreciate it. Yep. Hey, everybody, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you like it. Um, go over and check out our other podcasts, High School Hoops, Teacher Side Gig. And then uh, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network.